Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, David and Edie Hicks will share more stories from the mission field in Africa. In the previous stories, they shared about a blind woman called Vovalora. She started doing Bible studies with Edie and came to know Jesus and how much he loves her. David also shared about his experience of the culture where he served and how he got to know the way of life from the people and how they get by. It is important for the missionaries to learn the culture and the worldview of the people before they can teach them about the Bible and the God of the Bible. David and Edie have been serving the Tonga people of Mozambique in Africa since 2015 and are still building new relationships in the community. Here are the next two stories by David Hicks. And this story I will entitle Gritty Hospitality. Earlier this year, Edie and I decided to worship with the Matakalani church located 20 kilometers from our house. Two weeks earlier, when we had found the unmarked church, we had gotten out of our car and wondered how we might find a member and introduce ourselves. We knew that as foreigners we would attract attention. And sure enough, one of the church ladies saw us and came running to see what we wanted. She was very happy to learn that we were missionaries. That Sabbath, as we drove to the Matakalani church, we wondered how surprised and pleased they might be to have us join them for worship. We wanted to get acquainted with the whole congregation, and we hoped to start some friendships. Arriving at the church, we parked in the deep sand under the shade of a tree. The elder of the church rushed out to greet us and invited us in. The one-room church is constructed of tan colored reeds with a cement floor and a rusty sheet metal roof. As we entered, we noticed that there were no pews. Half of the people sat on the cement and the other half sat in plastic chairs they had brought from home. There were around 40 people there and they greeted us. We joined them and began singing hymns and spiritual songs in Portuguese and Shitswa, the local tribal language. Someone would just start singing a song and everyone would join in. There was no need for anyone to lead from the front. It was beautiful to listen to the harmonies. Singing seems to come naturally for these members. The children's South School class was held beneath a mango tree. The teacher was sick that Sabbath, so a nine-year-old girl was in charge of the program. Edie was impressed with her leadership skills. The children sang and prayed together. And then Edie shared the story of Jonah and the huge fish that swallowed him. The elder preached the main service in Shitwa, and a lady translated into Portuguese for us. After the morning service was finished, 
the members invited us to sit under a mango tree and have potluck dinner with them. We knew this would be our opportunity to talk and form relationships with everyone. After potluck, everyone goes back to church for another sermon, followed by Sabbath afternoon youth activities. Bible games and singing traditionally continues until sundown. Under the mango tree, the men congregated around me, and the women surrounded Edie. The whole congregation was curious to discover what our families and homelands were like. We thoroughly enjoyed talking with these curious people. We discovered that the church had two bus drivers, farmers, street vendors, a barber, and many housewives. They were genuinely friendly. One man got a chair for me. A bent-over 97-year-old woman named Lorena asked Edie in Shitsua if she likes vegetables. When Edie said she did, the old lady flashed a toothy smile and led Edie away to her house. The other church ladies left to get their food as well. Edie had already placed her pan of pasta under the mango tree, but Lorena didn't know that. She got the only two plates she owned and filled them with cold rice and matapa, a sauce made of the mashed yucca leaves stewed with crushed peanuts and coconut milk, and then escorted Edie back to the mango tree. Once we were seated, she served us her food. She reserved nothing for herself. We were touched by her hospitality. Edie served up a plate of pasta and gave it to her. We watched her enjoy the pasta as we ate the local cuisine. Unfortunately, San had gotten into the food and it was greedy as we chewed. Wanting to show respect, we ate it all with grateful smiles. We will never forget Lorena's hospitality, selflessness, and love. Since that potluck, we have discovered to our dismay that gritty sand can be found in all the bags of dried beans, millet, and rice. The fresh mushrooms and salad can't be entirely washed of sand either. But each time we experience a gritty crunch during a meal, it just reminds us of the hospitality of a 97-year-old friend. Here is the second story. This is my story entitled, Befriending Our Neighbors. Our house is located within a community of walls in the city of Mashishi. We are struggling to get to know our neighbors because of all the tall walls surrounding our neighbors' homes. When we walk the, the sandy streets, sometimes we get a glimpse through an open gate. But the lifestyle and identity of most of our neighbors continues to be a mystery to us. Please don't jump to unfair conclusions. The people here are very friendly and greet us warmly as we pass on the street, but opportunities to go inside their walls and develop deeper relationships are proving elusive. Downtown a few blocks away, the streets are lined with little shops selling all kinds of stuff. Women carrying buckets full of cashew nuts, 
seafood, or vegetables on their heads. Boys and young men carrying knickknacks and snacks for sale. Smiling policemen and policewomen in colorful uniforms patrol the streets carrying AK-47 machine guns. Disabled people spend their day seeking charity from passerby. There is commerce happening everywhere. People spend all day, every day, in the street markets selling a little so they can eat a little. So it appears that the place to meet people is on the streets. With this idea in mind, Edie decided to walk our street and meet the merchants in our neighborhood. She stopped to chat with an elderly lady sitting on a woven mat in the shade outside her gate selling boiled eggs and fried dough. The woman said her name is Marianne and she moved to Mashishi 40 years ago from the northern part of Mozambique. She is now a widow. After they talked about the lack of rain and how hot it was, Edie started asking her about our neighborhood. She pointed to a church next to where they were sitting, and Marianne said, That is the Church of the Apostles. Their members wear white hats on Sunday. Marianne told Edie that she is Muslim, and her house is across the street from ours. But my knees hurt too much for me to live alone, she said. So now I live with my daughter, who owns the house behind me. Marianne's grandson came out and offered Edie a chair. A few minutes later, they were joined by Marianne's daughter, Anna, who is also Muslim. As the three of them sat in the shade and chatted about Mozambique history and food, Edie began to feel accepted. A few minutes later, Anna purchased a coconut from a passing street vendor and gave it to Edie. What hospitality! There are four mosques in our neighborhood, and we occasionally see men walking the streets in long white robes, followed closely by their wives and colorful hijabs that cover all but their faces. We are very familiar with the Muslim prayers because our home is six blocks from a mosque with large speakers. The call to prayer is sounded five times per day, before dawn, noon, mid-afternoon, sunset, and night. We are often roused from sleep before 4 a.m. by the loud musical chant. As Edie continued visiting in the shade, Marianne's eldest grandson came home wearing the long white Muslim robe. Edie learned that he is a teacher in the madrasa. After school each day, Muslim students go to madrasas to learn Islamic religion. Soon the grandson changed his clothes and headed back to town. Now we understand that Muslims don't wear their distinctive outfits all the time. This explains why Marianne and her daughter were not wearing hijabs as Edie talked with them. Edie asked Marianne how to cook native Mozambican vegetarian food, and Marianne gave her the recipe for matapa, which is made from cassava leaves mashed with peanuts and scraped coconut. It is delicious. When Edie commented that she didn't have a coconut scraper, Anna volunteered to take her shopping to get one along with the ingredients for matapa. Anna gave Edie a woven mat to sit on. She even sent her nephew to carry the rolled up mat back to our house. Anna has invited Edie to come back and visit. We are excited to see how God will grow our friendships with our Muslim neighbors.
we surrender our lives to God, He promised to use us in a mighty way. Making friends is key to sharing the gospel to those around us that desperately need to hear it. Jesus is coming soon, but He will not come until every tongue, kindred, and nation have heard about Jesus and the plan of our salvation. The missionaries of Adventist Frontier Missions have dedicated their lives, long-term or short-term, to reach those that still have not heard about the love of Jesus Christ and what He did to save them from the sins of this world. They don't know that this earth is only temporary and that Jesus will come again and gather His children to take them to their real home, a home that Jesus has prepared for them, a heavenly home. Are you ready to surrender it all to Jesus and dedicate your life to reach the unreached? Then please visit our website at www.afmonline.org Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. Frontier.